Welcome to the Proverbs 910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Rose Spiller and Chris Paxson. Today, we're excited to have our friend, Carrie Jorner-Cotton, author of Dreamwalker with us. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start out by telling us a little about yourself? Okay, I'll be happy to. I am currently in a very small town in North Carolina where we just recently moved on a Abraham-like calling. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, God said, go, and I'll tell you where to stop. (laughs) So that was quite an adventure for our family. I was born and raised in Louisiana, Baton Rouge specifically. Graduated from Baton Rouge Magnet High School and uh, decided to go to college at East Texas Baptist University. Tiny little college there. And that is where I met my sweetheart. And we got married right after college and moved to Alaska. Wow. Where at in Alaska? We were in Fairbanks. Okay. In the army, and that was his first duty station. So oh, wow. we spent the very first year of marriage alone <laughs> her in Alaska. Nice. Is that a part of Alaska that gets like six months of pretty dark? Yes, it's in the interior. It's right in the middle, so it's kind of in a valley, and it's pretty isolated from other places. We had to drive hours to get to Anchorage where there was a Walmart. Wow. <laughs> oh my. Of course. There were stores and things, but they were they were small stores. And um anyway, so I actually would probably recommend that to people who are newly married. Just go off in the wilderness for an entire <laughs> year by yourself. It makes you learn to rely on each other, I'm sure. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> yep. In the winter, where you can't even go outside. <laughs> yes. We learned a lot about each other, and probably there were times where we were like, what have we done? <laughs> oh. uh, we spent two and a half years there, and then we moved back to Texas, where we eventually both became school teachers. Spent the next 12 years in Texas, where we, we grew a family. We have four children, and... We were perfectly happy doing our thing, planning even for retirement, which was, you know, like 10, 12 years away. And then all of a sudden, God was like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I'm going to need you to pack up everything, sell all your stuff, and I'm going to need you to move off somewhere else. (laughs) Oh, my. you're like, wait, what? (laughs) So that's where you're at now, in North Carolina? Yes, we ended up in North Carolina. Long, it's a long story, but it's a really cool story. But nowhere near where we thought we were going to be. But it's really neat because it is a place that we have visited for uh, almost 20 years and have loved loved it every time. Just the beauty up here. And I've always, you know, kind of secretly wished to live here. And now I do. So and it's your fault. I, it's your <laughs> fault that God <laughs> sent you there. <laughs> so it's my fault. I have to blame. But we actually live in the little farmhouse that we had passed by for years and years and years. And I would see it and think, man, how cool would it be to live there and have that view? <laughs> <laughs> and now and now you do. And so you do homesteading. <laughs> we 
do, well, we try. We try to do some homesteading. We have a little farm. We've got some animals. And my wonderful parents are really so supportive of us and have helped us and always have helped in every crazy dream that I've ever had. They've always been very supportive. And so they are really encouraging us as we kind of muddle through learning how to do these things. And so we've got sheep and goats. we got a pig. We've <laughs> got tons of chickens. We've got guinea fowl. We've got uh, turkeys. <laughs> wow. We've got ducks. And we're growing a garden, trying our hand at different things. This is our second year to have our garden. And one thing we've really learned is there's no end to the weeds. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> that is so true. And... It's been the rainiest couple of years North Carolina has ever had, and I'm pretty sure that's our fault. I think we brought it. (laughs) Maybe. So your husband's a youth pastor? He is. He works as a part-time youth pastor at a little church here called Friendship Baptist Church, which is the church we would always visit when we came up here on our vacation. Wow, that's pretty cool. I would say it's crazy, but, you know, I know God. Yeah. So... My theme for my whole life is like, it's almost as if by design. <laughs> so, so weird. <laughs> so in all of that, how did you come up with the idea of writing the book Dreamwalker? Okay, well, I have been a writer since I was a little kid. I would write, I think in second grade, some friends and I wrote our first non-fiction piece, which was about dinosaurs. <laughs> Um, it had chapters and illustrations and everything. And then I, I think I still had my very first story that I wrote, which was called Amanda Friesel Frusel. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. It was probably, you know, seven or eight. And it was about a little girl with a weird name, and people would make fun of her. And, and then she met a teacher that had a weird name that everybody liked. And so that was that. And I've written stories my whole life just I have this crazy imagination I've always had crazy dreams it's very it's weird and you know it makes me kind of strange <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it I think a crazy imagination is something that God gave me and wanted me to use and eventually I did but I would start stories and I would never finish them I guess I would just get overwhelmed with trying to go from beginning to end and make a whole story. I would have little bits of ideas and I would be like, oh, this is awesome. But then I I wouldn't be able to tie it in with something that actually makes sense and had a complete, you know, arc or circle. And so about 11 years ago, I started this story about this girl who could walk in the dreams of other people. She would go to sleep and if they were asleep, she could go into their dreams and I would write I probably wrote the really emotional intense parts first because that's just me that's my personality and I've got a lot of emotions Hmm. (laughs) and so I would write those parts first and I was thinking when I was writing because that's kind of story that I like to read I I like those kind of fantasy science fiction-y supernaturally kind of stories and as I started writing it I, I struggled because I've, I'm also a Christian. I, I love God. I love Jesus. I have since I was seven years old. It is 
who I am. It's, I can't separate that out. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, but I thought because of the, the content of the story, not that it was bad, but it was just different, that I couldn't fit fate into that fictional story. I, I, I just couldn't do it. I thought that that was not okay, that it wasn't allowed. And so I, di- I just didn't. I just tried to write a straight fiction story without <laughs> God or, or faith. You're in good company. I mean, you know, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, you know, you're in great company writing, you know, putting the gospel into fantasy and science fiction type things. And sometimes when people try to put faith in Christianity in their fiction, it just comes off corny and forced. But this didn't. Yeah, that was another huge thing for me when I got to that point was I don't want this to be where somebody's role their eyes at it. it's like oh <laughs> yeah been there i've done that rolled your eyes or <laughs> well I've rolled my eyes a lot but I've, I've i've been reading you know fiction yeah. novels and it, they force the christian stuff in there and it's just so sappy or i didn't want to sprinkle it on no like, right like a topping like an afterthought and so over the next 10 years the characters would come back andy would come back to me and i would miss her because i had spent a lot of time thinking about her and who she was and so I would just kind of write bits and pieces here and there and then get frustrated and quit when I couldn't make it come together. And then two years ago when God moved us up here and changed our whole perspective on life and really worked on us and our hearts with understanding what it means to surrender and the freedom that comes with that surrender. Mm. Because if we trust the God of the universe who created us lovingly and with a purpose, then we should willingly surrender to his will in our lives because there is nothing better. Exactly. We think we we plan our steps and we think we know what's best for us when in truth he has already planned our steps and knows exactly what is best (laughs) for us. And so we, we really learned a lot in that two years that, he brought us to a point of surrender, sometimes painfully, yeah. because he's our father and he, he disciplines those he loves. And he loves us so much. And so that just took my heart to a different place. Oh, I'm getting a little emotional. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah. A little clipped. <laughs> so I sat down and opened my computer and pulled the story back up and spent the first couple of months reading back over everything I'd already written and thinking I really love this story (laughs) and then a couple of months later it was done and I had woven faith throughout the whole thing and it was so natural because (laughs) I sat there and I stared and I said Lord if you want me to write this I just, why does it keep coming back to me? So if you want me to write this, you're gonna have you're gonna have to do it. I can't. I just can't do it. <laughs> and God was like, finally. <laughs> yeah, we've said that okay, before too. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. what what were some obstacles you faced after you had it written? Well, some of the obstacles in writing itself were obviously just reconciling who I was as a writer with who I am as a Christian and. and and say you can't compartmentalize those things. You are the one and the same, and it 
has to, to, you just have to be real. And then also just finding time to write with kids and homeschooling and farming <laughs> and all that nice blocks of time to sit yeah. where it's quiet. Yeah. Because I really cannot do more than one thing at a time. And so it takes me a while if I'm distracted. So late at night, I spent a lot of late nights clicking away at the keyboard. My poor husband was like, are you ever going to stop typing? <laughs> and, and I said, no, here's a pillow. <laughs> but uh, obstacles in publishing was, was there were a, a lot. Uh, I'm a new author. I don't have a platform. I don't have, uh, nobody knows who I am. I've never published before. I didn't know what I was doing at all. <laughs> there were out there and start scouring through a list and just sending it out, sending mm-hmm. it out, sending it out. I had no idea how to write a book proposal, so me and the Google became best friends. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible summarizer, so that was like a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> Trying to pack my book into one paragraph or one sentence even was right. awful. So I sent those out. I got a couple of responses. Uh, most, I just didn't hear back from it all, which is normal. Finally, I decided to self-publish. And so another big big obstacle was finding an editor. I basically went in with a zero budget. And so it was a divine appointment through Instagram that I met a fellow author named Heather Wood, who uh, is also a Christian fiction writer. She writes historical fiction. And we just, she lived close to me, she had four kids, she was a homeschool mom, and so we kind of started talking, and and she edited my book for me. Wow. I know. I was, I was like, wow, it's that, almost as if by design. <laughs> yeah. She did a great job. She really did, and I had been praying for divine appointments because that was another thing. Lord, I don't have any money, I don't have any connections, I don't have any way to make this happen. It is impossible. And he was like, <laughs> and so with him, the impossible became possible. And uh, I have another friend that works in, for a publishing company that's a nonfiction publisher. And she too was part of the editing team, agreed to format it for me, really spent a lot of time working on it. And through uh, my friend Whitney and my friend Heather, who are so dear to me. It became a published work, and it seems like it took forever, but then it happened so fast at the same time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just an amazing story. God God also prepared in advance some things that I would need. I was a photographer. I I enjoyed that. became a photographer. I did not continue working professionally in that when we moved up here just because I, I still enjoy it, do it a little bit, but I thought that I was really called to do other things. But because of that knowledge and the equipment I had, I was able to create the cover for the book, which I didn't have to pay someone to do that. It's really expensive. Yeah, right, right. And I really was nervous about the cover and trusting my abilities, but I had nothing but positive feedback so far on it. I think so, it's great. And that's your daughter. I don't know if you want me to say that or not. Okay. No, it's okay. Yes, she's 
totally famous. She's a cover model. <laughs> That's right. Um, she she also was one of the one of the first ones to read it too, and I appreciated her feedback and her support. You couldn't ask for a better teenager than my oldest, and Aww. she's just a really really neat kid who is extremely compassionate and faithful. So Wonderful. it's really fitting that she gets to be on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. And like we talked about when we were on your launch, there's nothing like holding your printed book in your hand, is there? No. And you had to wait for those books, didn't you? I did. I did. Well, I got the author copy pretty, like the proof copy pretty fast, but I, when I went to order all the author copies for my, my pre-order, it, it took like a month and I thought they would never get here. And it, was, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> so... Carrie, um, what else would you like to tell us about our, about your book? Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about it? Um, well, I guess that I would want the readers to take away the knowledge that there is freedom in surrender, um, that there is a purpose for you, that I think all of us can relate to Andy feeling like she didn't fit in in some aspect of our life. I don't think anybody it walks around thinking, man, I fit in everywhere. <laughs> no. um, all of us have experienced that um, isolation or lack of purpose sometime in our life. And we wonder, why am I here? Why am I like this? <laughs> and I just would want my readers to understand that there is a God in heaven. And he is sovereign over everything. Amen to that. That he created the universe with his very hands. And back before time began, he had you on his mind. And he has a purpose for you. And he he created you with his hands also, lovingly, and with the desire to know you and to love you. And I just would want my readers to know that that is the truth. <laughs> right. And I uh, I hope that they walk through Andy's journey with her and feel a connection to her and know that they're not alone and that God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And I think so, you did a great job. I think you did a great job weaving that into the story. I really do. Well, thank you. That was a big concern. Is It's not just a sprinkle, like I said before, but... But to have it be inseparable from the from the story itself. Right. So, Carrie, what's next? Um, well, I have written the rough draft of the sequel. It has already gone through round one of editing with Heather. And I'm working on the next step, which is cohesiveness and trimming up and making it a page turner. Do you have a title yet? Sort of. <laughs> I, have, I have a couple titles I'm playing with. It's going to be Dreamwalker, but we'll have a tag after it. And I'm kind of playing around with a few phrases. And I just really want to nail down what the essence and the theme of the story is. So I might have a poll go out on the social media and let the fans decide. Oh, that's a good idea. Now, will this one take 11 years? Oh, <laughs> I hope not either, because I'm anxious to read it. Right. Me 
me and my walker will come in. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Carrie, your book is for sale on Amazon. Uh, is it for sale on other at other Christian bookstore sites or other bookstore sites? It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can order the ebook off Amazon. If you have Kindle Unlimited, it's a free read. You can order the paperback off of Amazon, too. And then I also have paperbacks for sale on my website, which is carriecotton.com. And you can order an autographed copy there if you'd like or a regular copy off my website. So that is currently where it's available right now. Okay. And where else can people find you online? We know you're on Facebook. Right. I'm on Facebook. If you just type at author Carrie Cotton, it'll come up for my Facebook author page. But I'm also on Instagram, which is also author Carrie Cotton. And I am on Goodreads. I'm on BookBub. And I am... That's it. <laughs> okay. And you can spell Carrie's name from the podcast description. Her name and the exact spelling will be in there. Yes. Right. And, and it's C-O-T-T-E-N. Yes. So that's big. The computer always tries to change my name. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Well, Carrie, we loved having you on our program today, but that's all we have time for. So we want to thank you again. And... You know, we hope everybody out there checks out this book. I've yes. read it. It's great. Yes. I can't wait to read the second one. And as always, check out our website, Proverbs910Ministries.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a blessed day.